as any surprise to anybody because we mentioned it yesterday and Carney just got off the air talking about it. Guy Phillips is filling in today for Heidi Glaus. She is off on vacation. You didn't even play her jing- or open. Uh, well, talk to Connor. You know, know. No, I mean, uh, you know, it just gets us into the show a little earlier. Yeah. But Well, Josh Kemp comes in and says, you know, my guy, Mary Wells, pull it up. We're playing it. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, hey, I'm happy to be here. Well, good, because we got a really full show, and you won't even have to do that much heavy lifting. I'm Josh Gilbert, in case nobody remembered that, because uh, I've been out for a little bit now. We started the year, Guy. Heidi's face exploded the size of a watermelon. All right, wait, are we violating No, HIPAA? No, we talked all about all it. Right, okay, all right, okay, all right. I almost got her to share a picture on the Facebook page. When she came back, this is the last time I filled in, yes? Mm-hmm. Uh no, you filled in the week before that. Oh, okay. So she went out. Oh, you asked me and I couldn't. Yes, because you, yeah. you had a massage that you couldn't move. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I got to tell you this. I'm never going to miss a massage. Never. And I just read today, massages have so many more benefits than just, you know, feel good. So Yeah. Well, tell us all about it. I will uh, later. But So go ahead. Later. So go um, you filled in because Heidi was supposed to be in Egypt. On uh, one of the Pat Blassie trips. But, but they canceled that. Canceled because of what's going on in that region right now. Uh, and then while she was kind of out. What's she, happening there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, she had a, a facial procedure done and had some sort of allergic reaction. And I think it's from one of the creams that she rubbed on. But uh, Wait a minute. No, that, the cream wouldn't do that. I think it was, I think it was the cream. Did she have a face peel? She had a face peel and then a couple oh. days later... Rubbed some of the cream on, and that's when she had complications. Um, that damn cream. I know. So uh, it was, she was out, and then she comes back, and then I go out for like a week because I came down with one of the things that's going around. Uh, oh, you had uh, RSV? No, I had COVID. Oh. So. Why didn't you tell me before I came in today? Well, I didn't want to scare you off. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. And then I come How back. do you know you still don't have it? I think I'm good. You know, we're following all the instructions and everything. You and don't then, have a mask on or any uh, of that? Well, last week I did. And then I came back, and now Heidi's out again. So we've, we've really got like a carny show kind of thing going here. Well, Guy, but, Josh is an expert in having COVID. Has he told you how many times he's had it? I think three or four. Wait a minute. Officially? You yeah. took tests? I, officially, yes. it's up to four. Yes. And there's been a few other times where he was sick or I, had allergies. Look, yeah. I think uh, allergies. Exactly. The only reason why I've had it more than anyone else is because I'm the only one who's actually testing myself. Do you, you have know? the kits at home or do you go out and buy them? Uh, I have gone out and bought kits and then sent in a reimbursement. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know if I ever got reimbursed for you that. You can get them free at the, uh, you go up to the, Pharmacy, they'll give it and, and I, still. I yeah. And then the, the post office, maybe not. If you sign up, the post office will give you like two free boxes. Yeah, yeah, I, I've done that. So I did that as well. So I'm running low though, because I'm testing myself all the time. Every time, I, and it hasn't been that much, but every time I've tested myself over the last couple of years. It's always been negative. 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 Never it's had been it. Positive. <laughs> Everybody in our family has had it except. My wife you? and me. Really? No, yeah. It's and you'd think with the you know little grandkids, they go to the preschool thing 
and they—that's a bullion base of. Oh. God, oh, yeah, the, the germs call it, and they call it the petri dish, but I don't think it does it justice. Oh, it's just vermin. It's yes, and I, honest to God, I know this sounds crazy, but I will hold my breath when I go into that school. Do you do to pick, pick up? up? Yeah, you'll run in. Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> I'm here to pick up. Man. Right, exactly. And if I can't get him by the time I have to exhale, <laughs> yeah, I just leave him there. He's there. He's stuck. <laughs> what happened to the kids? Yeah. I had um, to breathe. Didn't get them. They were taking too yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, well, we're going to be talking with uh, Ravi Johar. Dr. Uh, Johar is um, uh, chief medical officer with United Healthcare. And uh, we'll ask him because uh, winter, I believe this is true, winter is a time more people get ill. And you think to yourself, well, why would that happen? Wouldn't cold weather kill viruses? Rather, you know, you'd think they would grow in. A the warm, nice warm hot, 98.6 yeah. degree yeah. body. But apparently it doesn't. The hot weather kills it um, the, with the air temperature. And then um, I'm going to ask Dr. Johar because my son is sick now. He's at grandma's house right now. And oh, that's good. Pass him off. Right. Yeah. Here, here's my son and here's a face mask. Good luck. Can I tell you, you know, that's the one thing. My daughter will give me their kids when she's sick. Or when when they're sick, and I think this is she's trying to kill the elderly. <laughs> she actually wants to get her inheritance she wants early. The inheritance. Yeah, yeah. Here, yes. take the kids. They're not feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then every time I would come down with something. Now, Kim will always say it's just allergies. She has yeah. a great positive outlook when she doesn't feel well. Me, I'm like, I'm not gonna make it. Yeah, you know. and it, well, it's it's going around, and that's that's kind of where I was last yeah. week. I was in the bed. Oh, you know, did you call the priest? You know, I, I'll have my last rites now. Um, but you know, obviously, we always we always pull through. Yeah. But I'm looking. Finn's got a cough, and I'm looking at all of these. You know, Nyquil for babies. You know, and everything is four plus. You got to be four years old or older. Yeah, it's three. That. Get in the way. So, like, what's what's the deal? We'll ask Dr. Johar that, and he'll also have some dry January health benefits. Now, you don't drink, right? Not generally. I mean, I've got a little, I like, there's a couple little things I like, but I don't, no, I don't. I'm not a drinker, no. Yeah, and you've got no. great skin. And maybe well, that's... now, wait a second. Uh-oh. I was going to bring it up. My hands have never, it looks like I have ichthyosa vulgaris. Do you know what that is? Is that eczema? It's like a, a crappy skin makes it look like your hands are like 90 years old. Is it because the weather is so cold outside? It, it, mine must be. Look at this. They're all red. I mean, they're Cracked peeling. My red, fingers yeah. are oh, peeling. Yeah. And look at my thumb. I get these cracks in here. Oh, and yeah. they bleed. And, That's you know. the weather. Yeah. That's the weather. It's awful. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that next time with Dr. Johar, but we're going to talk about dry January health benefits. And RSV is going around right now, so we'll talk about that. Um, Jay O'Brien from ABC is going to join us. The big four in Congress got invited to the White House. Now, that would be Speaker of the House. It would be the... It would be Pelosi, Schumer, McCarthy. It would be... uh, Who's the head of the Senate? The Senate majority, the Senate minority, which would be Schumer and Mitch McConnell, Speaker of the House. No, it wouldn't be McConnell. McConnell's not going to be in that meeting. He's the Senate ma- I know, minority. right, but I don't think he's going to be in that meeting. Uh, well, I, we'll find out from Jay O'Brien. But the big four, 
uh, whoever's in power, and then the minority has. Can you imagine has you're a bouncer there? <laughs> yeah, you're not name, one of the big four. Yeah, name. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mr. McConnell. You'll have to yeah, sit down. Yeah, you have to leave. Uh, so they got invited to the White House. There's a government shutdown looming. And it's not really that far away. And this is the time of year the Congress doesn't really like to work. Wolf. All that much. Wolf. What? Crying wolf again. Oh, yeah. When's the last time the government shut down? These, you know, uh, what we do is we dangle this thing in front of the American public. The government's going to shut down unless we all can start working. First of all, you're supposed to start working together. That's the, that's the part of being a politician. Nobody works together. Never. Nobody. Today, it's just, it's it's so, such a division in our world. And, and you know, it's, I'll tell you what, I, I saw a picture that actually, it, it made me feel good. And it was a picture of a Hasidic Jew with a, Muslim guy, they'd opened up a uh, bakery, I think, and they're working together at this bakery. They they own it together. Now, it was in New York, but still, I mean, in this world, doesn't that make you feel good? My God, would uh, you know? It's like a Democrat and a Republican. You know, you go left on right. both. I don't. Know, yeah, I don't. Far know right, I far left. Expect to see in a room together, more likely. Democrats and Republicans or, or Muslims and Jews. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, guy asked the last time yes. there was a shutdown. Trump, uh, right? Yeah. It had, so twice under Trump it did. And 2018, December uh, through the start of Yeah, that's so 2018. So it's five years ago. a couple ago. months, uh, five years ago, yes. and then another uh, stretch I before stand, then. Cor- I shouldn't say I stand corrected. I didn't make a statement about it except that. We dangle the carrot, but they do. Um, but but no, I I will say uh, I apologize. Uh, I should have looked that up before I made the statement. But recently, you know, the government's going to show. How many times have we heard that? Every and then it, every quarter. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't shut down. And every four or five months, we hear it again. Seem to it. It. But it seems like uh, the they keep throwing speakers out because they're working with the other side. You know, yeah, oh, we made a deal. Throw them out of here. Yeah, right. Yeah, how dare you make yeah. a deal yeah. with the other side? So obviously it's a bad word in oh, Congress God. to cooperate. So much to talk about in in the world. But, you know, a lot of times you start talking about these things and they, they really never change. And then it almost becomes laughable because, you know. But I will tell you there is one thing. May I bring a, this? Yeah. The cold weather. You have the floor. Okay. Here's the the cold weather thing. I took a survey the other day, and I'm one of those guys that if they send me a survey, if I get a survey from somebody, I know a lot of people just ditch them. Like you go to the post office and they say, fill out this survey, and you might be able to I, know, I don't care if I win anything. free stamps. No, I don't care. I, the winning is unimportant. But what I, I, I you know, I'm the guy that if, if you buy something and they send you a survey, uh, whether I like it or I don't like it, uh, I will – I'll. Will tell the company what I feel. I won't go to Yelp and, you know, grouse about something if I go to a restaurant for the first time and to get bad service or something. I mean, everybody's entitled, but um, I think surveys really actually do help people, you know, guide their businesses through the, you know, trials and tribulations of, of being in business in, in this day and age. And 
furthermore, you know, my wife knows this. If I get great service, I'll let the manager know. If I get lousy service, I'll let them know. They want to know. And you should, if you own a business, you should want to know. But I, I was sent a, it was an auto, automobile dealer. I've owned this car in the past, and they sent me a thing that said, hey, will you take a survey? And it was about electric vehicles and PHEVs, the, you know, the plug-in hybrids. And, mm-hmm. and all. there's some new technologies coming out to get better mileage out of these electric motors. And I said, no, I, I, I don't. I would, a PHEV maybe, but I would not have an electric car. I don't trust electric cars. I've been in them, and I like them because they're, they're instantaneous with, you know, your acceleration and all that. But did you hear what happened to a bunch of Tesla owners in this cold snap? So there's something with the batteries. They don't work as well in cold weather. I can explain that to you. And I didn't know. You know, I'm going to start reading about this stuff. So uh, in Chicago in particular, because it was even colder in Chicago than it was here, there were a bunch of people that were trying to routinely, you know, charge their, their vehicles and couldn't get a charge. Two days of, in a row of, of, you know, they're there for three hours, and they just couldn't get a charge. And with the, uh, with the colder weather, uh, here's what happens. that You have to uh, – and I'm, I, listen, this is not coming off the top of my head. I'm reading this here. Um, like any new technology, there's a learning curve for people. It's not plug and go. You have to precondition the battery meaning that you have to get the battery up to an optimal temperature to accept a fast charge. Because in the battery, there are ions in this liquid or whatever, and when it gets colder, the liquid, you know, uh, doesn't allow them to move as freely. They get they kind of just freeze, freeze up. Yeah, they freeze up. So uh, preconditioning does something that you would think, well, geez, how, how can I drain the battery? To charge the battery, because it does. Preconditioning drains the battery. So Tesla has in their manual cold weather best practices. This is like playing chess with your automobile. Right. Right? Tesla recommends activating climate settings at least 30 to 45 minutes before departure. Now, think about this. You own a car. Yeah. You want to leave for work. How many of you are thinking that within an hour you ha- I mean you have to go out well i I started my car today, yeah, and let it run, and you know gave the thieves you know an opportunity to it come was by outdoors and steal right? it yeah if they wanted to, but that was to your point that was ten minutes before I left right this I thing- do have a buddy that'll let it sit for forty minutes forty he will. minutes he will he thinks that makes it. Better oh, you mean cold. you mean a, a gasoline? Yeah, yeah. He oh no, that that's warms stupid. And I, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> so dumb. I mean, he it gets is, in it there is. and his bacon's ready. Yeah, yeah. right. Hey, <laughs> thanks for uh, putting the hole back in the ozone. Yeah. Um, but uh, that is kind of funny. Uh, preconditioning times depend on the outside temperature and other factors. The mobile app will notify. Blah blah blah. Forty-five minutes ahead of time. Tesla recommends using Trip Planner. Now, here's another thing you got to do. You know, not only do you got to precondition your battery, but use Trip Planner to navigate charging locations at least 30 to 45 minutes before arrival to ensure optimal battery temperature and charging condition. I don't want to think about this when I'm ready to just go pick up a pizza or, you know, and as Americans, we're used to just, "Ah, I want it when I want it. So I'm going to get my car. That's the freedom of having a car. You get in and you turn the ignition and you go. That's it. 
Right. Now, I don't know how many of you have had cold weather issues with your automobile. I have had that, and it was a design flaw in the car that I owned, and I had to have uh, the alternator replaced, and it was kind of a hassle, um, but I understood what it was. Connor's got battery issues right now. I've got a battery issue myself right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, I mean, again, and batteries do poorly in bad weather. And uh, anyway, so this, the, the ine- uh, negative electrodes uh, go through this liquid electrolyte. And so now they're trying to, it says scientists are working to tackle the issue. For instance, they're coming up with a liquefied gas electrolyte that liquefies under pressure, enabling safety and performance benefits, blah, blah, blah. This is going to escape from a lab, and this is going to be our next problem. <laughs> we're going to have won't be COVID. It's going to be we're going to be swallowing electrolytes that are floating through the air with battery charges and oh, ions, and you here know. We go. But um, you know, you, you look at this and you think um, electricity is it really the future? <laughs> I mean, for automobiles. Yeah, well, I, think, I think whale oil is, is coming back. <laughs> exactly. We're going to make candles yeah. and we're going to be able to have lanterns. And- I have said this from the beginning. Why can't we start? By making everything a hybrid. I mean, in a case like today, if your battery is frozen uh, and you can't get a charge, boom, switch over to the gas, you know? Yeah, that's a PHEV, and that's a, you know, but the problem is that gas, uh, I mean, the the electric only will go, that only takes you 50. You can switch over to the gas, and I can't remember if starts automatically on the electric and then goes to the gas or uh, yeah. you know it'll do it'll do your electric until it runs out of you know juice and yeah. then it switches over to gas or i don't maybe is that it, how hybrids work at the stop you know you can get 50 miles i think it's like speed right if you're under 20 you're electric but once you get up to a certain speed it's, yes it, and it, it starts gas. it'll start charging itself again yeah yeah and that i mean why can't we work our way we will into that, but this is the infancy. I mean, when did you know electric cars really in the last what ten years, maybe something like that? Ten, twelve years, um, you know, and 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 people were you know so anxious to have them, but you know what do we know about them? And here's the other thing: if for some reason I don't know where are the batteries located, are they in the rear of the I car? Think they, I think they're under you. Under okay, think, like yeah. it runs the whole. Oh, know, it does. Like the okay. floorboard. The, yeah, 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 got it. Yeah. Um, They'll put I them mean, wherever. That, yeah. Well, that's got to be the most expensive part the of the automobile, box, doesn't it? Batteries yeah. just start pouring out when you yeah. open up the glove box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bunch of double A's. Yeah. What the hell? Oh, that's oh, what's I'm, vomiting batteries. That's why I'm having problems today. Um, so uh, thank you on the Woods Basement Systems text line, 84126. Somebody said my ring doorbell just started working after being frozen. Somebody else said the lithium batteries in the ring cameras and doorbells. In the rings. They won't, won't charge below 32 degrees. And that is so sad because there are probably so many people slipping on ice on their front porches. And we oh, can't, like we can't see them. And we yeah. can't <laughs> capture them on video. Uh, the tragedy, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Well, Tesla's had a, a lot of problems with this cold. I don't know if you've seen this. And some people have speculated it's because they're, they kind of came up selling only to people in California. Like, but have you seen? Yeah, we'll never have this issue. Yeah, because you know in California it's never yeah, it's too hot or too cold, and there's no <laughs> ice. Uh, have you seen the door handle on a Tesla? Yeah, it's flat. I mean, it's a, a so if it frozen, if it ice is over. Forget it. How baby. do you 
How do you get to the handle? You use the new Tesla chip system. <laughs> you just yeah, you they give you a little hammer, chisel it out. Right. Well, and then it's supposed to pop out, and it doesn't because it's yeah. frozen still. So I think Tesla, in, in specifically, is having just a lot of problems with. I mean, the cold. And that's what I was thinking. Do people in North Dakota regularly drive Teslas around? I wouldn't think so. You know, I, I don't know, but um, it you does know. really seem like a California deal. Somebody says, "Stop whining. You don't have to buy an electric car." I know. I'm not. I, I, I'm only saying that th- these are things that people didn't. You know, expect a dealer would never would 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 somebody ever that was selling one of these cars say, by the way, if it gets really cold, you're going to have some problems with this thing. Now, where do we sign? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, so I'm not whining. I'm just being informative. Here's your keys. Well, it, here, maybe. But if you lived in Florida, you might be. A, well, you know, it never gets below it's 50. Never, right. Right. And by the way, in California, plenty of places where it snows and it's cold and oh, icy sure, and all that stuff. Sure. Like in the mountains. In, in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. You know, but you got to um, go there. right? You yeah, do. Maybe. Yes. I used to live out there and it's. You, you know, drive your Telluride up there, though. Uh, my, yeah, right. exactly. You take the Tesla. <laughs> I'd take a Telluride to Telluride. Uh, uh, anyway, so uh, if you guys, if anybody has owned an electric car that's had some problems, let us know. I, and not that we will, you know, throw that manufacturer under the bus. I mean, Darren over at Kia, he's, he's off this week, but he even said last week, uh, I was listening in, and he's been kind of banging this drum for a while. He says, I think we're moving too fast. Yeah. Because they're sending them electric cars, and people don't necessarily want them in St. Louis. Yeah. Or that maybe they just don't want the Kia version of it. Uh, but Kia's going all in on this gigantic electric SUV, and it looks sharp as heck. It's an EV9, and he sold one. They gave him one, and he sold it already uh, to a doctor. But, you know, some people want them and some people don't. But he's he's banging the drum louder than anybody saying, I think we're moving too fast. Yeah. Uh, trying to make everything electric when gas is working just fine. There is a movie I saw, and gosh darn it, I can't remember the name of it because you know me. Whenever I see a movie, I don't know who's in it or what it's about <laughs> or anything. Had, what was the thing? It had that gal with the teeth who go the teeth go in. But, but there was all these Teslas that just started running into one another what somebody's seen this movie they were all white by the way i couldn't figure out why they were but it was a cool scene was that that was the nicole kidman yes you know uh at the end of the of the yes. end of the world end of the world right yeah um what is it what? i don't know what it's on netflix though yeah. i haven't seen it was nicole kidman in it i think so right <laughs> talking about the julia roberts movie? No, no, it was it julia, julia, oh, roberts. julia roberts julia roberts okay. that's right I See, I told you, do you I don't get remember those two anything. confused. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Really, uh, but Guy said earlier in the office, we got to go to traffic. But Guy said earlier in the office, uh, who's that actress with the teeth that go in? Uh, and apparently, <laughs> Stone said, "Come on, it was Kirsten Dunst." <laughs> apparently, that's her, who he was looking her for. Her teeth go they're like a little chipmunk. They go in. They do. Of they're, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and, and you have car dealers like Darren that are even saying we. You know, we're we're struggling to try to sell these things, and we think we're moving too quick. Um, wait till they make electric airplanes, guy. Boy, wouldn't that oh, be Oh, they're the already making them. But they can't even get the ones right that they have now. Alex Stone is going to join us in the Ford to talk about the latest on the Boeing Max 9 groundings. Lauren Risley is going to join us um, to talk real estate. And Guy's got an issue that I don't know if you've been sharing on the air, but I'm going to share it for you. Uh, oh, boy. There is... 
There is no HIPAA when it comes to real estate issues. And Brennan Weesey is going to talk to us about the Cardinals possibly moving to Amazon in 2025. Not this year, but the following year and the year after that. But coming up next, Dr. Robbie Johar is going to talk dry January and the health benefits that come along with that. First, though. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. So we've got Dr. Robbie Johar. He joins us every week. Chief Medical Officer with United Healthcare and guy we use him a lot of times for our own medical maladies. But I'll wait. I'll do I'll do dry January first and then we'll ask him why. Three-year-olds can't take cough syrup. Uh, Can we tell uh, United Healthcare people that we know him and get a discount on our insurance? Well, I never asked that, Doctor Johar. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I should look into that. I want to get a discount on my insurance. We're going to see if you're such a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> How chief of a really chief easy. medical officer are you? Yeah. Um, but when it comes to this show, we talk uh, wine, uh, Ward on Wine on Fridays. Yep. We talk all the time about uh, responsibly drinking, but, you know, have some fun with it. And as long as you do it in moderation, uh, it could be a, a fun and good and healthy thing. But is that true, Dr. Johar? Are there any benefits at all to drinking well, I mean, to drinking or to cutting down on drinking? Well, to just drinking in general, because we hear that thing about red wine. Oh, it's good for your heart. And then the next month I'll read a story that says there are no health benefits at all yeah. to any alcohol, full stop. So it's like eggs. Every every other month we're hearing a different thing. Or but, charred uh, meat. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, but Cancer. As far as uh, currently up to date, where do we stand on on red wine or any other alcohol? As far as health, as far benefits? as red wine, it um, red wine has been actually shown to be somewhat beneficial as far as your heart health. If you drink a small amount, maybe a glass a day of red wine, that's been shown to be beneficial. Uh, I haven't seen anything that says white wine has the same effects. Uh, I don't know why that would be different. They're both essentially the same uh, thing, just different ways of processing and some different grapes. Uh, but there have been some studies that have shown that. Um, but really, it gives you some extra calories, which may be beneficial. But other than that, it's more just the pleasure that you get from from having a nice, you know, just a, like I said, some moderation, some wine. It enhances the flavors of food. Uh, it helps you enjoy yourself. And I think there's an awful lot to be said for the uh, mental uh, aspects of that, that, you know, being able to relax, unwind, uh, be able to spend time with friends take, and family. Take I think the edge off. Extremely beneficial. Yeah. Absolutely. What about um, what about Snickers? <laughs> <laughs> what are the health benefits yeah. to eating a Snickers bar? It does chocolate <laughs> have the same? Some if you can figure out what moderation is. For bar. <laughs> well, I, I figured it out, and I have no moderation. I, I really, I really need to. But you know, it's it's interesting because I I think. Probably 50% of the people that I know have had something, uh, some illness this winter time. Now, uh, put this to rest or, or you know, confirm the, uh, you know, the fact that in the winter time we tend to get uh, sicker than we do any other time of the year. Is that true? We actually talked about this last week, I think, with, with, with Josh. We were talking about some of the, the health. I don't uh, listen to this show. <laughs> 
I was out last week myself. <laughs> well, that's right. So it was Heidi. That was it. Um, we were talking about that, and actually, people think that the cold um, makes them sick, and that is not the case. What tends to happen in the winter is that we tend to congregate uh, indoors and congregate together a lot more. And if one person has a virus, oh. you, those, those close quarters help it spread a lot easier. So people do tend to get sick more in the winter, but it really doesn't have to do because of the cold. Um, and it's, so it's, it's, it's more just being together and, and people not, you know, not following all the guidelines that we really started to do during the, the pandemic, which is, you know, if you do have a cough and sneezing, maybe not be around people or, or uh, you know, use a mask or things of that sort. Uh, as we get away from that and get back to our, our normal, uh, quote, normal way of doing things, uh, we tend to see a lot of increased uh, and, virus illnesses. And, Doctor, uh, you know, people say, well, you know, he's got a virus uh, or it's something bacterial. What's the difference between the two as far as medicines are concerned? Well, bacteria can be treated with an antibiotic that can actually kill the bacteria. Viruses do not uh, reproduce the same way, and so you can't kill them with antibiotics. Uh, they need a special antiviral or other treatments, and that's why viruses are so much more difficult to treat than bacterial infections. And speaking of viruses, what uh, RSV, what uh, that's going around now. Yeah, we're seeing a big increase in that, um, and we tend to see that every every winter season. RSV has usually been a disease that's been associated with with younger kids, less than two. But we also see it also at the other end of the spectrum with, with folks greater than 60 and, and that especially folks that are immunocompromised or have problems. This is the first year that we've actually had a vaccine for RSV. And unfortunately, the pickup on that vaccine isn't anywhere near where it needs to be. And uh, hospitals are reporting an, an awful lot of admissions for RSV. So that's something I think that we need to be very careful about. And that if you're eligible for the RSV vaccine, it's still beneficial to get that for sure. How um, come? How come I'm anybody just anybody more than sixty or anybody that's immunocompromised? How come I'm hearing about RSV now more this year than in the last forty-one years of my life? Well, I think people are more aware of it. Everyone's worried about it, but I think the bigger thing is the fact that we now have a way to be able to prevent it. In the past, we haven't been able to to prevent getting that. We've just been having to treat people. Now we have a way, way to prevent it, and as people can, can prevent a disease, uh, they tend to talk about it more, and I think we're seeing that now. And, Doctor, I, I don't know if my wife's listening or not, but she constantly makes fun of me. Uh, she's gone so far as to call me a hypochondriac. I'll go into a, a hotel, for instance, and when I hit the elevator button, I use my knuckle. Um you know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll flush the toilet, but I'll I'll do it with a you know Kleenex, or you know, I mean, I try and you know, and I'm not a hypochondriac, but I know that most of these diseases—not most of them, but some of them—come um, from our hands, and we constantly are touching our face, and and you know, how important is it to you know make sure that your your hands are clean there, and we don't want to put too much sanitizer on it with this cold weather. Uh, you know, my fingers are about to fall off. Uh, but how important is it to to watch those things? To you know, be cautious about you know things that you door handles and such. I think you touched on exactly the most important part of that. The the most important thing with uh, preventing transmission diseases is scrupulous, scrupulous, <laughs> oh, 
washing your hands really well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Easy for you to um, say. That's right. So, you know, 30 seconds of, of hand washing. We know that was a thing. We, we talked about different songs that you should sing. Um, you know, like Happy Birthday is a big one. Uh, things of that sort. Frere Jacques. <laughs> you know, just washing your hands for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So all those things that you're talking about, even using your knuckles and things like that, is beneficial. But you need to wash your hands afterwards, too, because uh, bacteria, if they're on the knuckles, can be spread to the fingertips or can sure. be spread to anything else. So um, doing all those things helps decrease it, but still the most important thing is good hand washing. And sanitizers are great, but they are shouldn't be a replacement for hand washing. Use sanitizers in places where you don't have the opportunity to wash your hands. But if you do have access to, to that, um, to some soap and water, that's by far the best way to prevent transmission of any disease and i don't want to uh, challenge you here doctor but you know when i'm wa- making dinner i wash my hands like four or five times because every time i you know i touch the chicken i wash my hands and then i flip the chicken well gotta wash my hands again uh so i'm very diligent when it comes to that but throughout the day am i supposed to get up and just say you know it's been two hours let me go wash my hands no, this is more if you've been, like like I said, you, you go in and, you know, you're walking around and you use doorknobs. Um, you're doing things of that sort, um, especially in, in areas where outside your house where, you know, you're not exposed to those things normally. So maybe after you go into work, um, wash your hands after you've been up and doing things like that, uh, times like that, or after you shake hands with folks, um, you know, not, not anywhere near like, the, like Monk did in that old show. But you know, <laughs> right. any time before you you uh, use your hands then to, to touch your face or mouth. And, and if you ever watch someone, they have no idea. I have no idea how often I touch touch my face. Oh, I'm, doing, a, I'm doing it right now. Guys do it. Guys I, do it right I know. now. And I counted one time. That's very interesting you said that because we counted it one time. And it was actually hundreds, hundreds of times. Right. And you don't realize it. And someone would have to point it out to you. And even then you'd be like, I and definitely, you know, sometimes you can just feel it on your hands, you know, especially if it's something sticky. Uh, but before we eat, we've got to wash our hands definitely Again, before that's, we that's eat. Transmitting the any bacteria that are on your on your uh, on your your hands to, to directly your into your face. Uh, your yeah. So yeah, that's that. Those are the times, and that's you know, mom was right when she said, "Wash your hands before you come eat." A uh, couple of quick things, uh, and then we uh, got a bolt because we got another guest coming in. Doc, is it uh, one? Is it too late to uh, get the flu vaccine? No, you can get the flu vaccine as long as flu season is continuing okay. and will give you benefits, and that'll probably be until late March or April. So, if you have not gotten the flu vaccine yet, I encourage you to go out there and get it as soon as you can. And what do you know about the COVID booster? Uh, we're we're talking about doing both of those at the same time. And there's actually stuff that says that having those both done at the same time enhances both, and it's actually a good thing to do. Um, the COVID booster, I think, is very beneficial. I received it. Uh, I've heard a lot of folks that, have, that are getting COVID, and I was going to ask Josh, well, it wasn't going to ask Josh about that. But a lot of the folks that have gotten COVID now, when I talked to them, they said they haven't gotten the booster. Um, not doesn't say that that proves anything at all, but... Um, I think science is showing that, that getting the booster does increase your immunity to, to getting uh, COVID. And the last question I have, uh, on the sanitizer bottles, generally it will say kills 99.7% of germs. 
What happens to those other point three? <laughs> Unfortunately, they they tend to be bugs that that are a little bit more resistant, <laughs> or that uh, you know. Are, are they at least wounded? We're else. killing the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where'd everybody go? <laughs> uh, uh, well, thank you so much. Somebody- yeah. Loneliness. That's our goal. By the way, somebody on the Woods Basement System text line, 84126, said, are RSV uh, vaccines going to be the annual thing for everybody uh, coming up in our lifetime? You know, I have not read anything about that. I believe that they may be because I don't think they give lifetime immunity like measles and things like that do. Um, I think it's going to be similar probably to what we're doing with flu, uh, but depending on how much RSV mutates. So I'm not really certain on that one. That's a good question. I haven't looked into that. And in 30 seconds, can you explain to me why uh, all the the kids' cough syrup is for (laughs) and over and why my three-year-old just has to deal with it? It it has to do more with the size of the the children because, um, as you can know, kids vary a lot in in size. And so when you're giving doses of medication, especially for the, the littler humans, uh, we have to give them different doses based on their weight and size. And uh, it's really difficult to do that with any kind of tablets or things of that sort. So, you know, you can't cut a tablet and cut it into, you know, 45% of what it is. Um, so it usually ends up being liquid. And with liquids, you have to measure out exactly what you need. And there's risks for children, especially if you give too much of some. There's a risk of, of liver, kidney damage, uh, lung damage, things of that sort. Yeah. So the FDA said nobody, no over-the-counter medications for less than two. The manufacturers have taken it up and doubled it and set up to four. They don't want to take that risk and chance. Yeah, um, there are medications that can be used, prescription medications that have specific dosages and things of that sort. And, and they are given by pediatricians all the time. Uh, but... For over-the-counter, it's the safety versus the risk. Um, you're not going to die of sniffles or a cough, but you could if you had a bad reaction and had uh, liver, kidney, uh, lung damage. Necessity is the mother of invention. We can come up with husky medicine for kids. <laughs> husky medicine. Because I was a husky child. Yeah, with a, with a little fat kid. <laughs> uh, Dr. Robbie Sh- uh, Johar, Chief Medical Officer with United Healthcare. Thank you so much for being on the show again, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. You guys take care. You too. Jay O'Brien from ABC is joining us, the big four in Congress. We were trying to figure this out, Jay. It's the Speaker of the House. It's the House Minority Leader who – is it Nancy Pelosi? It's, it's No, she's the House Speaker. The, the Charles Schumer is the – Chuck Schumer is the, the Senate Majority, majority who's, Leader. Who's the big four? And they went to the White House. Did anything yeah, – Yeah, it's Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, hey, guys, and forgive me for the noise all around me. I'm here actually in the Capitol with this group of reporters waiting for Speaker Mike Johnson, who's one of those big four, Uh to come back from that meeting at the White House. Um, So the big four is Speaker Mike Johnson. It is Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader in the House. And then, as you said, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell. They are meeting with President Biden at the White House over this supplemental aid package. It's $100 billion plus of aid for Ukraine and aid for Israel and also assistance for Taiwan. And as Republicans have said now, as you guys know, it also needs to include, according to Republicans, immigration policy changes, genuine changes to U.S. immigration law. And so that's kind of the context of this meeting today is what can everybody, those big four in the president, 
agree on in all of those different topics to try to put it into legislation. I'll be honest with you, Speaker Johnson just spoke outside the White House. Again, I'm waiting for him to walk into his office. And from what he said, it's really unclear if they came to an agreement in there, guys. Well, Jay, this is kind of uh, part and parcel of what we've been experiencing over the last three years or so. Um, Is he not going to meet with the rank and file uh, to uh, talk about this, or is he just keeping it to the big guys? Are you referring to the president there? Yes. So typically what happens is the president calls the leaders of the various parties in Congress into the Oval Office, and they hammer out the details. And it's usually done – it's pretty par for the course, but it's usually done after negotiations have reached a certain point. So, for instance, these conversations over immigration policy, they've been playing out in the Senate for weeks now with administration officials meeting with Republicans and Democrats in the Senate trying to figure out what they can agree on when it comes to immigration. And so those conversations have progressed to a certain point where Democrats and Republicans in the Senate have said they are optimistic that they could get some kind of legislation maybe next week. And that's why you see this meeting with the president now to try to push this ball over the goal line with the people that, in theory, control their various parties here in Congress. Is the Senate getting along uh, with each other uh, left and right better than the House is? Oh, typically that's how it goes. I mean, the Senate is just a more clubby atmosphere. It's a little bit more bipartisan. There are fewer senators, as you guys know, than there are members of the House of Representatives. So there's typically a little bit more of a bipartisan working relationship in the Senate, which is why you're seeing these negotiations play out and transpire in the Senate the way that they are. Uh, The question really becomes if anything that gets bipartisan buy-in in the Senate can really pass in the House, which is controlled by Republicans and held up oftentimes by GOP hardliners in that chamber. Yeah. And then uh, just very briefly, is there a government shutdown looming and what's the drop dead date on that? So Friday at midnight is the deadline for some kind of action to be taken to avert a government shutdown. Chuck Schumer and um, Johnson, Speaker Johnson, came to an agreement on a bigger funding deal, but they need time to implement that. So they got to pass a temporary stopgap deal to kick the can into March to give them time to execute on that larger funding deal. So the Senate's got to pass that temporary measure tomorrow. The House has got to pass it in theory on Friday. So if everything works according to plan and there are no delays, which is not typical for Congress, as you guys know, um, we have heard a government check Friday, but it's really up to the Senate and the House to act quickly. And I guess uh, Biden's under the microscope with everything that he does with respect to the election that is also looming. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and both President Biden and, frankly, House Republicans and Senate Republicans, think of it this way. President Biden, one of his most vulnerable issues polling finds is the state of the U.S.-Mexico border. There are ongoing discussions about immigration policy right now as it relates to that issue. And then on the flip side, House Republicans have said publicly they don't want a government shutdown to be on their you know, report card to the American people True. because they control the House of Representatives for this upcoming election cycle. So so issues that are going to impact the next few months of this vital election are being hammered out really today, guys. Jay O'Brien with ABC News, the Big Four. We didn't get invited, but uh, they were at the White House, and we appreciate you being with us. Jay, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Okay. Yeah, maybe if they do a, a big six or seven. A big, we, they, they we, call we one of us. Make the grade, huh? <laughs> uh, I want to tell you about Dogtown Pizza. I love Dogtown Pizza. It is cold out, and all we want is a hot meal. 
Uh, I get home last night and guess what my wife is, you know, we're on this new diet, so we're eating salad. You know, it's, I'm like, honey, it is 12 degrees outside. Sure. Can we get us? So, you know what I did? I snuck behind her and I, I made a pizza. You know, I only That's good, ate, though. Only ate half of it, though, because, I can't, again, I am on a diet. And think about this. You know, you got Dogtown already in the freezer. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about picking up the phone, calling, no. waiting for some guy, to his car to break down in this weather. I can't deliver your right. pizza because my Tesla's frozen. <laughs> you got a Dogtown, uh, any number, any flavor that you like? 11. There's yeah, 11, 11 different, different varieties. Yeah. So uh, I have bunker pizzas in case of emergency. I like it. Break glass. And by that, I just mean <laughs> go to the basement fridge and open up the freezer down there. There's plenty to choose from. So have a nice hot meal tonight. We've and- got potable water. And, and we've got pizzas <laughs> we've got from pe- Dogtown. For everyone. All, do you have any cheese? Of course we do. We've got 11 different varieties. Dogtown Pizza, Dogtown.com. Every local grocery Say one thing. Sure. I hate this music. What? I. This is awful. I have. That's well, not awful. Just I don't like it. From so many people, they say, "What's that song?" Seriously? That you guys use during headlines? What is it? The song. This is our headline section, guy. Our headlines. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't Wednesday, mean to do that. January seventeenth. Are we on the air? Twenty twenty four. Yes. <laughs> our the song for our headlines segment is called "Headlines" by Drake. Oh, so I it, like Drake. It's not like I even chose it for. No, and I apologize. Any uh, other reason than it was the only song that came up when I typed in headlines? <laughs> all right, okay, but I like it. Right. <laughs> you want me to? You want me to start with the headlines? Well, it sounds like you already started. Uh, uh, yes, uh, you know I owe you an apology. I, <laughs> I just don't like this song, and because Drake. it's so repetitive. It, but it's, that's it, the point. No, it's uh, all right. It's a music bed. Well, it's a yeah. It's a music bed. I bed, get it, guy. but we it's can't... like okay. All right. All right. Well, when you have a radio show, I know I don't. <laughs> I don't have a show. I don't have music. We'll get you your. Own I don't. Music. I don't have a sidekick. Hey, look, you're here for another four days. Yeah. So if you want a yeah. different song, no, I'll come up. Feel with free. Okay. Feel free. All right. Uh, I grew up in the middle class. You guys, same thing. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, working parents. Well, single mom. I think really, I, but... we were uh, lower. Upper middle, lower upper middle class. We were we were strictly regular middle class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We might have been middle. lower middle class. Lower middle class. Yeah, my mom. You know, she worked at a bank, and you know, my dad. Uh, God bless him, but you know, he didn't help much. And they were divorced when I was young, when you really didn't get divorced. You know, so anyway, I mean, we had a Sega, so it's not like I can really complain. Yeah, uh, we, I didn't have any toys like that. You know, we played with toasters in the bathtub and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, but uh, growing up in the middle class, uh, having a home, my mom, you know, had a home, and I think the mortgage was like two hundred a month, something like that. Today, and it wasn't too long ago that if you earned sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year, that would have been sufficient to qualify for a middle level home. Nothing fancy, but you know, something. Middle. The like average two bedroom, yeah, something. You talk about prices. The average cost of a house in 2024, what do you think it is? Average cost of a house. Average cost of a house. We're going to do our Lauren Risley Realty segment here okay. at 430. So she can refute gonna, this. Yeah, we'll jot this down. 
Average cost of a house. Yes. Two twenty. Four hundred to four twenty. No. In the U.S. Yes. Now, not necessarily in St. Louis, but for new. For new. Or for, 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 just, well, I don't know. It's just the average cost of a house. I don't yeah. know if it's new, used, whatever. Wow. Uh, that would mean to even qualify for a loan, you'd have to be making a hundred and a quarter a year. Oh my gosh! It's amazing the the wage to housing gap. I don't make that. And well, you know what? Renting now, because the the rent is taking up thirty to forty percent of their income, and uh, even if you don't have kids, here's a problem: saving for a house. Most Americans are, you know, I don't want to say crippled, but uh, have some staggering debt. You know, maybe this is what we'll ask Lauren. Uh, can you find a house for under two hundred thousand dollars? Can you go to Afton? Oh, you can. Can you go to South City? Sure, you can. Can you find a house? I don't know if you can, because I, I keep my eye on these things, because I'm obsessed with houses. Houses, yeah. Uh, but it just keeps going up and up and up. And I had Josh over for dinner one night, he and his wife. She was lovely. Mm-hmm. But Josh, you know, he started going through our cabinets and looking <laughs> at quality of stuff and, you know, pulling apart wallboard. And- you know what I was most stunned by? What? Is the size of your storage area in your basement. Yeah, it's pretty big. Holy cow. Well, we turned some of that into more room. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll have to have you over Buddy, again. Hey, good daddy. You got to see this. <laughs> you know, she's she laments the biggest thing we don't have is storage. Uh, JetBlue, Spirit, merging, not so fast. A judge has blocked. Hold your engines. Yeah, there you go. We're going to have to taxi around the tarmac a little bit longer. JetBlue tried to buy Spirit Airlines for $3.8 billion, and they would merge and just fly under the JetBlue. JetBlue wanted to be more competitive with, you know, the regular airlines. I I think it's fair to call them a discount airline. They wanted to be able to compete with larger rivals like Delta and United. The U.S. District Court Judge William Young wrote, JetBlue plans to convert Spirit's planes to JetBlue layout and charge JetBlue's higher average fares to its customers, the elimination of Spirit would harm cost-conscious travelers who rely on Spirit's low fares. So, they're saying it's a win for the Justice Department, but when's the last time you saw a merger not go through? You know, there's so many things that you could call a monopoly these days, and nobody's breaking them up. But it's good to see that somebody's got the hand on the throttle, right? I mean, another that, that's another. Yes, it's another uh, aircraft. <laughs> you know, fun. Yeah, right. But uh, I wouldn't. I would argue that Spirit isn't that discount. No, I, I, I agree with you. Your yeah. bags and all the add-ons, mm, all the other stuff. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you, uh, and you could ask yourself this: Look in the rearview mirror of your car if you're driving now. Are you a psychopath? The answer could be in your hands. Okay, so uh, researchers in Canada, what they did was they looked at the middle finger length of volunteers. Oh, boy. And they had lots of volunteers. I'm not going to go into how they did it, but they clinically diagnosed psychiatric issues based on, and it's biologically rooted, based on the configuration of your hand. So uh, they noted that those who have a, and I'm going to give you a a term here, a lower 2D 
4D ratio. That means a shorter index finger and a longer ring finger are more commonly associated with dark triad traits. <laughs> which are highly socially discouraged attitudes, Machiavellianism, yeah. narcissism, and psychopathy. I'll admit to the narcissist. Now, all right, so, so Look at yours. Oh, yours are even. Mine are even. So I'm okay. And yours are about even. I don't think so. No, look. The deal is... Look it, how much taller this one is than that one. If your ring finger is shorter than your... All right, look at it. I mean, your index finger is shorter than your ring finger. Okay. Well, it looks different if I'm looking top down or if I flip my palm up. Well, here's some good news, though. Connor, uh, Connor's looking at his, too. Yeah, listen. Uh, people that had a uh, shorter index finger than a ring finger mm-hmm. also scored higher on mental toughness and sports performance, but also on various types of negative socio, uh, psychosocial yeah. and uh, psychological outcomes. So, I don't think I, I don't think I, because I'm bad at sports and I'm as light as a daisy right. in the tough department. Well, my index finger is shorter than my ring finger. Yeah. So. Here's our psychopath. I guess there it is. Is yeah, it really? My yeah, sister, yeah. and I hate to call her out. Get a knife. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't hand them any sharp objects. <laughs> even them out a bit. Just a little off the top. Right. My sister's uh, number two toe is longer than her big toe. It's, no, it's not. Yeah, it's real wild. That's it's, crazy. It's real wild. Yeah. I had a, uh, we had a little kid that was, uh, when my kids were little, the friend would come over and his two, uh, not his big toe, but his middle toes were fused together. Like, what like do they webbed, call that? Uh, webbed yeah, toes. Webbed toes called uh, paradactyl or paradactyl, I don't know. But I used to, because I like to pop the kid's toes, like pull them out till mm-hmm. the knuckle goes crank. And uh, I'd always pop that one and there'd be two little What? Yep. You, wait. Matthew. Some kid from the neighborhood? Yeah, Matthew, yeah, come, Matthew, up come here. on over. Take your socks off. Take your so- <laughs> I don't want you to think that I know. Let me see those toesies. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I, I even do it to my own grandkids. You know, I'll pull yeah. their socks off and just pop their toes. And when they're that little, those toes are so funny. They're fun. They're, they're uh, edible, actually. Yeah. Cotter wants us to go to break, so I'll just mention briefly. He talked about this last week, the company that was shooting astrobotic technology. That was going to oh, shoot... bury people in space? Yeah. Yeah, shoot right. Shoot ashes up to the moon. Uh, Get your ashes up here. And the Navajo Nation actually was none too thrilled with that. Why? Because they, they hold the moon as uh, sacred. Oh, Lord. And, you know, they're saying this is not a grave site, you know, so don't stop shooting your ashes up here. Um <laughs> Well, they don't have to worry about it because Astrobotics' uh, moon mission ended in a failure as they were leaking fuel, and their lunar lander will soon burn up in Earth's atmosphere after the failed moonshot. So mission unaccomplished. How would you like to have your ashes on that ride? Yeah. Oops. Uh, Dad failed again. <laughs> right? Always oh, letting us down in life and in death. Uh. All right, let's go to commercial break, and when we come back, Alex Stone is going to give us an update on what's going on with the Max 9. You know, it was all Max 8. 
two years, two three years ago. Oh, I'll tell you about that. Now it's the Max Nine. We'll yeah. see where that's at. It's the Heidi Glau Show with Josh Gilbert, Guy Phillips filling in today. Alex Stone is on the show ABC. I call him. He's their airline correspondent because he always is covering the airline stories. Guy is a big airline guy, and he's filling in today. Alex, what's the latest on this Max 9 737 Boeing Max 9 jet where the the plug just blew out the side of it? Yeah, I mean, they still don't know why either, and um, all of the, the MAX 9s remain grounded in the U.S., not really globally because some don't have the plug in them. Some have an actual door, and they're okay to fly, and then there are some where they're in international locations where they're not taking the FAA guidance, but uh, most of the, the MAX 9s around the world are, are grounded, and looks like they're going to be for the foreseeable future because they don't know why the, the door plug came out. They don't know what to do to fix it right now, but today the FAA said that they have inspected a group of 40 of the 171 that are grounded, and now they're going to take that data and begin working on what needs to be done to get the the planes back in the air at some point. So these were not inspections to say, okay, now they're good to go. They're taking the inspection data to say, what do we need to do to make them okay to go? And there's still no timetable for it. And a few minutes ago, we happened to hear from the, the lead NTSB investigator, Jennifer Homendy. She says they have no idea why the door flew off. They're still looking at it. They're beginning to do tests in a lab on the actual door plug that was found in the backyard of a Portland school teacher. They are doing non-destructive testing right now next week. They'll begin actually taking it apart and taking the metal out and really testing everything, but they don't know. She said this just a moment ago. What happened here? It's not just uh, where there bolts. Uh, if there were bolts, what happened? But we're also going to want to look at the seal. How is the seal on the door? Uh, we're going to use the evidence to tell a story on how this occurred. But she says they can't put that story together yet because they don't understand it. And we now know that the door plug was built in Malaysia by Spirit Aerosystems. They build the fuselage for Boeing in Wichita. So she says now they need to investigate, like a crime scene investigation, the entire chain of custody of that door plug from the factory in Malaysia to Wichita to Boeing, saying that... Spirit Aerospace uh, Malaysia to Spirit Aerospace in Wichita. Then we're looking at the the, uh, building of the fuselage. So bottom line, they don't know when this thing is ever going to fly again. The the airlines that fly at United and Alaska here in the U.S., they don't know either. They've got them grounded. Alaska is canceling about 150 flights a day, United about 200 a day. They hope that in the next couple of weeks that they can, they'll have a way to inspect them and get them back in the air, but, but they just don't know. And I, the one thing I never got about this story in the last couple of weeks is do some airlines not have a, an emergency exit there? Yeah, so in the U.S. they don't because they, if it's over 200 seats that are on board, then they need that emergency exit to get people out. And U.S. carriers, United and, and Alaska, the only two that fly in the U.S., they have like 171 or 177 seats on board. So uh, they don't need it. They're just shy of that threshold of needing it. So instead of creating an emergency exit row there, they just cover it up. And on the inside, you would have no idea there's a door there because they don't legally need that door. That They have enough emergency exits with fewer people because they have a first class and an extended legroom class on United and on Alaska. So they don't pack them in as tightly. So they don't need that door. And, and so, you know, by all intents and purposes, it's not there. 
Nothing says safety more than door plug. Um, <laughs> I guess right? you could say and, uh, cork and lock. them in like sardines. <laughs> yeah, cork lock might be another. Um, but but the good news is, Alex, that uh, these uh, doors, this uh, Max Nine, they're only on Alaska and United. Is that correct? Well, only Alaska and United fly the the Max, Max Nine. There are other mm-hmm. airlines that fly the Max Eight, and that doesn't have a door plug. It's a smaller plane, and and they don't put it on there. Um, so yeah, it's only those two airlines. Uh, globally, there are a lot of other airlines that fly it, but in the U.S., only those two. So, a quick question: uh, a lot of people, because uh, they hear the word Max now associated with an aircraft, we know that the Max Eight had some difficulties in two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. More than difficulties, a bunch of people died. But uh, now Max 9, door falls off, and, and now they're inspecting it. What if you book a flight and you notice that you're on a Max aircraft and it makes you a little nervous? Now, I don't get nervous. I'm not a nervous flyer. But if you saw that you were uh, booked on a Max aircraft, could you change that without any fees? Or I don't know if they're doing those anymore, but... Um, is yeah, that... I mean, it would be up to the, the airline. Most of the airlines stopped doing that when they first brought it back uh-huh. after the, the two crashes. They were letting people avoid flying on a, a MAX aircraft. People are scared. I flew about a week ago on a MAX 8, and this is all anybody was talking about. I mean, people on board were saying, oh, did you hear? They, they don't know a MAX 8 from a MAX 9. Sure. And, you know, everybody was saying, ah, oh, they're not supposed to be flying these any longer, and they're not safe. Well, it's a <laughs> MAX 8, totally different aircraft. Um, but people are skittish about it. This is another PR nightmare for Boeing and yeah. for the airlines that fly it who have been trying to say Max aircraft are safe. You can actually now on Kayak on the travel booking site uh, make a listing of flights that are on Max so that you can avoid them and say that you don't want to fly on them. Some airlines, though, yeah, if you were on a Max 8 and you didn't feel comfortable, you could probably call them and figure it out. And most of them have gotten rid of change fees anyway, so you could do it on your own, cancel it and rebook it on on a different uh, plane, but, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't right now want to fly on a, a MAX aircraft in general, something, again, Boeing and, and these airlines are going to have to overcome. Is it fair to say that any passenger on that aircraft where that door flew off, uh, you know, it had a traumatic event because there could be some sort of class action lawsuit against the airline with respect to how frightening it was, certainly for the guy that was sitting there that tore his shirt off and his phone flew out by the way they found his phone his iphone still working it was working perfectly there was not a scratch on it (laughs) yeah i mean and apple you know can't take advantage of that in an advertising sense it wouldn't look right but but what an advertisement for the the iphone yeah already a bunch of lawsuits uh, are being filed Mm -hmm. one was filed yesterday i believe and then we know a class action one is coming as well that passengers are are beginning to to file them and and it's, this is going to go, I mean, it's against Alaska Airlines, it's against Boeing. There's going to be a lot of legal action in all of this, and it's beginning to, to go down that road, and that'll be the next number of months. And, you know, Alaska is saying, hey, this wasn't our fault, this was Boeing, and you know, Boeing saying it was a, a freak accident, that it was Spirit Aerosystems, uh, you know, because they built the thing, or at least the fuselage and the door. There's going to be a lot of finger-pointing, no doubt, but that's beginning right now. Alex Stone from ABC News, safe travels to you. Thanks, always enjoy talking with you. commercials Heidi and Lauren they're laughing they're joking around they're talking houses and all that stuff well Heidi's gone so uh, yeah so give it up yeah we're not we're not joking we're not, around here we're not kidding we we need some solid real estate uh news and Lauren guy mentioned this just about a half hour ago the average home price wait 
let her throw that in there. What, what is the average home price? Were you listening? Did you hear what I said? I did not hear what you said. Okay. But are we talking nationally or in St. Louis? Nationally. Nationally. Oh, the story please. was a national story, and they said we were talking about how much you have to earn to be have a middle class, you know, an average home. Now, remember, this encompasses New York and L.A. and San Francisco and all that. But what do you think the average across the U.S. is for 2024? Hmm. Well, I'm currently in San Diego, and I can tell you what the oh, prices Lord. are Ugh. here. Yeah. Um, and I know what St. Louis is. So if I'm going to do the old math thing and do an average, I would say the average home is probably 330 Mm. Uh, it was not not terrible. Four, it was four and a qu- four twenty, I think, wasn't it? Four twenty, somewhere in there. And okay. that, yeah, that's taking the coasts and all that stuff. But well, yeah, I mean, right, right, right where I'm at, because um, of course I'm a real estate agent, so I drive by, I see a sign, or you want to really look it I'm up? At, yeah, I'm walking everywhere, so I walk by and I see a sign, and I I pull it up, and I'm like, no way, <laughs> like, uh, like. Not even on the beach, right? So on the beach, you have a one-bed, one-bath, 600 square feet for $2.2 million. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then I'm about five blocks from the beach, but still walking distance, about a three-minute walk. Uh, a condo that's a two-bed, two-bath, about 1,200 square feet is still about $1.3 million. Mm. Hey, Lorna, here's a, a, a great drinking game. Okay. okay. <laughs> and what you do is uh, you're in a car full of four people. Now, I never oh, suggest you drink in the car. Game. A okay. driving game, yeah. eating game, whatever, <laughs> you know, taking pills, whatever it is. Right. Sure. But but you, you you drive through the fancy neighborhoods and you see a for sale sign. Everybody writes down their guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then oh, you call fun. to find out or you look online, find out how much it is. And the uh, person closest to the actual retail amount is safe. Has to buy the house. Oh. <laughs> right, well, exactly. Know, every, right. Every time I go on vacation, you know, I always say to my wife, how come we don't live here? You know, it's like. Uh, and then you look up prices. And well, you're like, clearly people in San Diego, there was a guy, you know, last time we were out there that was taking our order at, at the at the In-N-Out Burger. He's got to live somewhere. You know, somebody's right. making it work. Yep. I get it. I mean, if you're inland about. 15 minutes, which, I mean, being 15 minutes. But <laughs> I mean, 60 miles inland, beach, you could find something. Yeah. Like, we're, you know, 15 minutes. I mean, that's like six miles inland. Like, we're 2,000 miles from San Diego, you know? Like, so to be 15 miles away or 10 miles away, I mean, you could probably get something reasonable. I think I've seen some three bed, two baths, probably 1,500 square feet for 650, 700,000. That's like, that's like trying to compete for a three-bed, two-bath in Kirkwood. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, let's bring it back to, to St. Louis where it actually matters to us. And I, <laughs> I asked Guy, you know, because he said to buy a house for $420,000, you have to make $120,000 a year. Well, you know, we're not doing that. But if you uh, would take an average home price in St. Louis, what's that? And I wanted to know, can you buy something for under $200,000 these days? Uh, I think the average home price uh, in St. Louis is is somewhere around like two hundred and sixty four thousand. Um, you know, the, but that makes up the entire greater St. Louis area. So that's going to be you know all the way South County, West County, the city. Um, can you get a house under two hundred thousand? I mean, I'll be honest, it's tough. I, I'd say I'd say three or four years ago you could get a cute little bungalow in South City. You know, Northampton, uh, a two-bed, one-bath for 175 200 But 
I mean, even now, that's tough. But really? Lauren, look, everything being equal, the story really, uh, what it was saying is uh, prices are going up and it's getting more and more expensive to to buy a home. People are renting, but because they also are spending on their credit cards and you know, it just it's it's becoming more difficult to get to that American dream of home ownership uh, in the middle class. So that brings me to the next question that I have for you. There are a lot of different ways to skin a cat. In other words, you know, if you find a home that you want, they're extending, um, you know, the, the number of years. They're doing a lot of things with, uh, I don't know if they're still doing balloon loans and that kind of thing. What's a smart way for somebody to be able to buy a home that they want, even if it's slightly out of their price range? You know, and I'm going to back you up just a tiny, tiny bit. And because the American dream to buy a house, right? And people are renting. They're, they're paying 100% interest. But people have to understand that as as mortgages, as, as home values go up, so does the cost of rent. Sure. Like landlords have that ability. And it's it's kind of unfortunate because they, they know that they can because the, the renter has no other choice. So rental rates typically go up equivalent to home values. Now, you know, one of, one of my big issues, and when I see people who are early 20s, 30s, 40s that aren't mortgage worthy, like they, they can't get a mortgage, the unfortunate part is they just weren't educated about money. Yeah. You know, like when I was in... In high school, we mm. had a senior survival class. We sewed a button. We made mac and cheese. And I think we were taught how to write out a check. Like, what about learning about uh, interest rates or your credit score? Or, hey, as soon as you guys get that diploma, you're going to be getting mail from every single credit card yeah. out there. Don't do it. Oh, you don't You, know? you don't like, need to learn that stuff. You know, I mean, That's the kind of stuff that, like, I mean, it, it shocks me how little people know about houses and so the other thing i think people assume is i can't afford a house and so they don't call people like myself and my team because they just assume they can't afford a house when if you call us we i mean we will work with you for a year two years three years we have resources we'll go through a budget with you um if your credit's not good we have a company that can can literally look up all of your credit and say hey put put your next couple hundred bucks towards your discover card or hey just pay the minimum on your, you know, visa and pay this down. Like they will literally give you exact steps to do to increase your credit score. And so reach out, like ask for help. Don't assume you can't. You can. It's probably much closer than you think. And also don't be embarrassed. Like in my 20s, I had no idea how easy it was to ruin your credit <laughs> and then quickly learned how hard it is to gain that back. Um, so, so don't feel bad. Just ask questions because I do think it's the American dream, and I do think it's more attainable than most people think. And, and let's talk about two living more cheaply than one. Um, when there are dual incomes, does that make it easier for people to buy a home? It depends what their credit is, mm -hmm. and that's a great question because you could have two great incomes, right? But you could have one person that has a really horrible credit score, and the lender may say, hey, I can only qualify you with, with one of you on there because the other one kind of cancels the other one out, and then their income doesn't count. But how, how do you build credit? Uh, and I know the answers to some of these questions, but how do you build credit when uh, you have credit that's bad, but you want to 
change that? Yeah, so again, we have a couple resources that we use, and, and it's not expensive. I think one of these companies is a lender who owns a credit repair company, and it's just part of their service for using them in the future. And I have another company, I think it's $199 flat fee, but literally they will look at every part of your score. Um, so when my credit wasn't great and I you know, got caught up in, you remember when credit cards, you could get one for every store you've ever walked in? <laughs> yes, yeah. Like I had one for like, gosh, Best Buy. Um, Service merchandise. Company. Yes, like, <laughs> like every company. And it's like, you know, so, you know, for me, when I went through that process of looking at my credit, I was just paying the minimum on each, but not getting anywhere, right? So I was just chasing that, chasing that, that, that wheel. So when someone finally helped me, they said, hey, pay the minimum on these and start paying this one off. Or, hey, try to do a balance transfer and get these high credit, these high interest rates at 25%, 30%. Try to get that balance transferred to a 0% balance for 12 months or 18 months and then work your tail off to pay that off. Lauren Wesley, um, um, I'm going to uh, hold you there because, you know, when you mention if people call us, uh, you know, or, or email, we can help them. We can get them on track. We might It might take a year or two or three, but we can do it. Uh, and it would be remiss if we didn't pass along the information for your realty group. So sure. fire that out so people can have it handy, grab a pen or a piece of paper and, and get busy writing these down. Yeah, and if you're driving and playing that drinking game that guy mentioned right now, then don't also try to write this down. Just, yeah. just Google Lauren Risley Realty and all of our info will come up. But um, our, our number is 314-775-0684. That's 314-775-0684. Or you can email us at hello at laurenrisleyrealty.com. R-I-S-L-E-Y. You got it. Okay. Um, uh, I don't, I don't have anything else on top of mind. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's one of these things where I want to get into it because Guy needs to buy a new house, but I think we're out of time. Uh, but <laughs> I don't hey need guy, to buy know, a new I house. Know a re- I know a realtor. If you're no, his, <laughs> his wife wants to get a new house because they just don't have enough room to entertain well, the ever-growing family. It's got dumb a lot of- because we have, we have a lot of room, but we're in a shotgun house. Uh, okay. And so... You know, so everything is kind of um, compartmentalized. But, I mean, as far as square footage, it's fantastic. But it's not like we used to have when we had a ranch and, you know, we could spread out. and There's no big family room. Yeah, the yeah. dining room isn't right. yeah, you know, yeah. as spacious as, as they maybe want it to be. Uh, is that something, Lauren, where you can find a house that has all the needs? Because uh, I, I bet if you found a house that has a great hall for entertaining – it's probably got like seven bedrooms in it, too. I mean, it really just depends. You know, and Guy, you've never invited me over to your house, which, you know, I'm, I'm constantly sorry, working through. Go on a through daily his basis. fridge when you get there. Let He's me find out when Kim is not going to be home. That's a you thing, Josh. Um, He's got but, fun cheeses in there. <laughs> so, look, you know, if I knew more about your floor plan, like there's possibilities where we could, you know, reconfigure your floor plan. And, you know, let's nope. say you had. <laughs> All these extra bedrooms, okay? Extra bedrooms because you had kids in the house and now you don't. Like, you may not need that many bedrooms. So it could be, one, refiguring your current. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times people reached out and said, hey, we need to sell and buy. and We've outgrown our house. And I go over there and I'm like, oh, this is unfortunate because I should be 
telling you to buy and sell because those are two transactions for me, but here's a way you can maximize the space you currently have and probably don't need to move. Um, and so a lot of times you can reconfigure that floor plan. If not, then you need to look at houses. And if there's something very specific that you want, you need to have uh, an agent, a real estate agent, or a contractor or someone going through these properties with you that has the vision to show you what it could be. Sure. Um, if there's a perfect house for entertaining, the perfect amount of bedrooms and baths and just this great space for entertaining, and it's priced well, my guess is it's gone, right? Well, let's or get it back. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on, well, you're a dog. Grr, you know? Then we make it. So Bulldog, uh, I meant. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. You're not a dog. I got, I got tough skin. I like um, dogs. I like dogs, so that doesn't really have you know, on the Woods Basement Systems text line, 84126, if you'd like to get through it to us anytime at all. Uh, people are worried about, you know, they're nicking their credit score when they are filling out uh, an application. And, nope. uh, nope. you know, nope. so go nope. ahead. Nope. Yeah, fair, fair credit has to give you the opportunity to search, to shop around. So if you are looking to buy a house, a lot of people will go, well, I don't want them to pull my credit because it'll drop my credit score. Um, now, is there some truth to that? There, there's some depending on how many times it gets pulled, but you're talking about 10 points. You're not talking maybe about not even that. Of, yeah. yeah, you're not talking like not getting a house. Now, if you're getting your credit score pulled for a boat, a motorcycle, a car, a house, and an RV, that is going to hit your credit report. Um, so we typically tell people like, if you are serious about buying a house, be less serious about buying a boat right now. Yeah. Like, let's focus on that house. So Just kind of chill out for a minute. Yeah, but you are allowed to have multiple lenders pull your credit. Um, that changed a couple years ago because you have to be able to shop around. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Lauren Risley, uh, thank you so much. And uh, I was going to say we'll give Guy your information for house hunting, yeah. but let's give I'll Kim. just look him up. Yeah, yeah we'll I'll give his wife. wife. Yeah. We'll give his wife your information. <laughs> yeah, she's... She's a pushover. She's the she's one the boss, is who knows. She's well, she, the boss. She's the one who knows what she wants. So, right. uh, we'll happy make, wife, happy life, guy. That's, that's right. it. Enjoy San Diego, Lauren. All right, I and, will. I'll talk uh, to you guys next week. I'm supposed okay. to say something here about knowledge is power, oh, yeah. Lauren. Josh, come on. I know. Just once, one time. I know. I can't do it. I died. Forget. Try it? No. <laughs> okay. Because I'll just well, if fail. You have, if we'll, you have any questions, you can call or text, email anytime. No question's a bad question because knowledge is power. There we go. So feel free to reach out at any time. No question's a bad question. We're always here to help. All right. Thanks, Lauren. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, I got to tell you, Guy, uh, doing your taxes is not fun, and we just hit the new year, so we're going to start getting those W-2s, and, you know, everybody wants to do them early, but don't rush into it because you might file your taxes and then realize that there was a, a 1099 out there that didn't get mailed until middle of February. Oopsie. Yeah. Or maybe you got some soft numbers from uh, your... your Financial guy. Financial guy. Sure. And then the hard numbers didn't come in until after you already filed. Happens all the time. So just hang loose, collect all your stuff, and then call Jeff Zufall, 636-394-5524. Let him do your taxes for you, because the last thing I want to do... On a beautiful, it's just starting to get spring out. The weather's turning nice. It's late March. The last thing I want to do on a Saturday afternoon is be stuck inside pushing papers around. Frankly, I don't know how to. The last thing my wife wants to do, because she's the only. <laughs> 
And now it's time for the top five at five news from around the room. All right. Would you like to go first? Sure. I'll be happy to go first. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, I read the story about, uh, and this is just flummoxed me, uh, the, uh, this elderly couple. And they're not elderly, for heaven's sakes, but they're 70 each. And they were found guilty for willful damage on Tuesday. They were caught on camera. Both of them, Raymond and Barbara Edwards, were caught on camera keying luxury cars at a shopping center. Now, and by the way, it was a Tesla onboard camera that caught them, which mm. is kind of funny because I guess that thing, I don't know anything about that. So but they're in their 70s yeah, and they're so, keying right. random cars? Apparently what happened was there was some sort of road rage incident. And who knew there was a show about that on, you know, on television I just found on Max. Oh, beef. No, it's, uh, well, th- th- that was a, a, that's a actor's show. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, This is a real... Oh, caught on camera road rage thing. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but there was some sort of road rage thing. And when they got off, uh, they lost sight of, you know, but they thought they saw the car. And so both of them went over and keyed these two cars that had cut them off or whatever. But, what you know, here if my wife ever, I don't know about your wife, my wife would, she would scratch me. She would bite me. She would do anything she could to keep me from getting out of a car how is this woman barbara edwards 70 in on it <laughs> what is it? you know who goes into their uh, purse yeah. and pulls out keys and goes okay i'll get the white one you get the blue one two peas in a pod two peas in a pod right. and so Birds they had a to, feather they had to um pay for the damage to each vehicle you know every time i get and i don't get road rage a lot because i've got uh, a lot of patience but there was one time where i honked at somebody or heaven forbid, I flipped the bird at someone, and my wife's yeah. like, "Don't do that, you yeah. know, it's not worth it." But in this case, she was driving the other car. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, this couple's like, "Yeah, you tell him, honey." <laughs> yeah, no, I swear. Let it's me just, flip him the bird. Can, too. can you imagine this? This you know group of septuagenarians going out and <laughs> you know, let's scratch up some cars. Yeah. Fun. Anyway, I've been waiting seventy years yeah. for you to say that to me. They had to. They had to pay the piper for that. Mm. Uh, a Tesla paint job probably can't be cheap. Oh yeah, that's true. Because <clears throat> they got such weird door handles. Apparently, <laughs> uh, listen to this story. A man has kept a half-eaten sandwich from Richard Nixon for sixty years. We just hit a milestone last Tuesday. So there's a guy named Steve Jenny, and he's from a small town of Sullivan, Illinois. He was 14-year-olds. He was a Boy Scout, and at that point, he was then Vice President. Richard Nixon made a campaign stop in his hometown in the 60s. Ahead of a speech at Wyman Park, Nixon was served a barbecue buffalo sandwich on a paper plate during a cookout, and when he was done... (laughs) This kid, who was 14 at the time, had the wherewithal to take the sandwich. He says he took a couple of bites and commented on how tasty it was. And after everyone had got up and left, 
Jenny looked around. He said, I looked down at the picnic table. Everyone else was gone, and that half-eaten sandwich was still on the paper plate. I looked around and thought, if no one else is going to take it, I'm going to take it. He took the half-eaten sandwich, jumped on his bike, and sped home to show his mom. I ran in the door, and I said, Mom, I got the sandwich that Nixon (laughs) took a couple bites out of. And she was surprised and said, so what do you want me to do with it? And he said, at 14, freeze it. And that's where it's been ever since. I am not a club. <laughs> that's a good Nixon. That's a... I, I am not. His mother, in her infinite wisdom, he says, wrapped up the sandwich in a plastic bag, Come put on. it inside a Musselman's applesauce jar, <laughs> and stuck it in the freezer. Do you realize how... Insane this sounds. How old yes. is this guy now? Like sixty something now, or well, he was fourteen in nineteen sixty. Mm. So he's seventy five years old. He's out. He was out keying cars. <laughs> you, you know what? When Nixon resigned, I was in uh, Spokane, Washington, at the World's Fair, and somebody was selling first day issue envelopes that were stamped Washington D.C. It had Nixon's picture on it. And it was President Resigns or whatever. And I guess the stamp at that time was maybe six cents. Mm-hmm. I bought one. I think it was eight bucks or six bucks or something. I, I wonder if that thing's worth anything. Do you still have it? I do, somewhere. Somewhere. But so I, you know, that's my Nixon collectible. But <laughs> well, sandwich makes me laugh. Steve Jenny's got you beat. He says his Nixon Eaton's frozen sandwich earned him a guest appearance on The Tonight Show. With Johnny Carson in 1988. Now, uh, you have that sandwich. Um, have, you, have you taken a bite of it yourself? Yeah. And why wouldn't you do that? At Barbecue Buffalo Sandwich, he says, as long as I am living, that sandwich will be stored in my freezer. Okay. In a All container right. that is labeled, save, don't throw away. What's, what's <laughs> more important than that, as long as he's living... When he's dead, yes. what happens to the sandwich? Right in the trash can. You know what I would have done? <laughs> I would take it to some DNA lab, and I'd go, all right, we're going to prove dad wrong. You know, it's yeah, probably no, some like guy in middle some... Illinois that uh, you know, well, someone else at yeah, the event. Exactly. Adelaide Stevenson. Yeah, Adelaide Stevenson, right. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, so here's, here's one. This will only scare you and scare other business owners because, by the way, this is going to start happening here because when it happens on the West Coast, it tends to gravitate toward us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there's a guy out there that owns a fat burger franchise in Los Angeles, Ooh, those which are, are very good. Yes, very good. Um, he's raising prices. He's trimming the hours so the it'll be open fewer hours and you'll pay more for the food. Why? Because California... Raise the state's minimum wage for fast food workers to how much an hour? Okay. State of California. State of California. You know, could these people afford houses? No. Uh, I'd have to do what, math. Did it just go up here? It was seven twenty-five for years in Missouri. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to just take a guess at how much it is. Minimum wage fast food workers in California. Minimum, minimum wage. Minimum wage. <laughs> 15 bucks. You're too low. Too low. 
Mm-hmm. 20 bucks. 20 on the head. That's wow. it. Connor gets to go to the bonus round. Can you imagine $20 an hour? And, and they that? rarely say thank you unless it's Culver's or oh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. My pleasure. My I pleasure. I love that. Yeah. My pleasure. 20 bucks times 40 hours a week is 800 bucks times 52 weeks. But it's California, so you're not going to. It's $41,600. I mean, that's not a terrible salary. And can you imagine? But now, out there, though, I mean. No, no, it's on where you live. Yeah, absolutely, mean, you're, you're not even getting by with that. Yeah. But all right, so let's move up to Mendocino or up to I don't know some yeah, little town Baker's, up north, Bakersfield. Bakersfield, could, yeah, crappy little hot town. Yeah. Uh, so you you, you buy a nice place. Yeah, Bakersfield isn't that terrible, but but you're in Bakersfield, <laughs> real real dump of a town. Yeah. All right, let's call it Fresno, California's um, armpit. You know, <laughs> so you're in Fresno. You're in the you know you're in a part of the country that depends. Uh, the economy depends on whether the raisin is dry or not. So, yeah, and now yeah, you're making yeah. twenty bucks an hour, and that's not a terrible salary for somebody who is unskilled labor. Unskilled labor, twenty bucks an hour. My whole thing is uh, out there. If you, you know, I was in the restaurant industry. I worked at a bar out in California. I think you can make minimum wage and still get tipped. You know, because here you got to, you know, you get your tips, but you only make $2 an hour. But I'll, if I can make 20 bucks an hour and still get tips, I would, I'd be like a millionaire. By the way, the uh, original uh, fat burger price, seven seventy five. It's going to be eleven sixty two. Oh, my gosh. That's got to like pay for it guys. some way. Like, I know. That's five guys' You know prices. what's that, though? Uh, you know, places like here, have the have the wages gone up? But we were talking about it in the office earlier, guys. Exponentially. And, you know, food's getting more expensive anyway. So it is. even yeah. without this. So clearly they're raising the prices. I wonder if this is just an excuse. No, you know, you know what? It's it's happening everywhere. And I really, I, I feel terrible for restaurant owners because having a date night now is, it's, I mean, it'll break your back. Well, I tell you this, with, with Finn and having a three-year-old at home, we don't get many date nights. And every time we go out... I used to look at prices and everything. Right. I don't care anymore. You know, if I'm going out, you're out. Once, a, once every two months, I'm getting, well, you know. That's because you're getting away from that Hellraiser. <laughs> I'm getting everything. I'm getting the steak topped with the lobster. Top. Why don't you throw on another steak on top of that? Too? <laughs> the cockroach of the sea? Yeah. You know, we talked about that back in the office. A lobster is actually very disgusting if you look at it. So, you know, that's one of those things. You don't want to see how the sausage is made. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, they're both like spiders, right? Lobsters and crabs. They're like oh. in the spider family. Yum. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Spider crab. Isn't that a... Isn't that a it is. Yeah. yeah. It's a... That's a... Spider crab, isn't it? The spider is the sushi. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. I was trying to think of that. I love crab. And I did think of that. But you don't want to look at one too long because it looks like a bug. Ugh. All right, Connor, save us. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, you skipped over me, guy. I did? Yeah. Oh, I did. My bad. <laughs> uh, I'm right. not used to this. Uh, I saw this story yesterday, uh, So, but we kind of ran out of time yesterday with the Mizzou game. Oh, yeah. We were, us down, so. You missed it, guy. We got off early. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Why don't you ever have me work when we get off early? Sorry. Uh, and the story is about a retailer's 
going away from uh, the self-checkout. And this one's about Dollar General moving away from self-checkout because they said they want to lead the way in customer service, that they've, they've done this. Dollar Generals have maybe one or two people working in the whole store, mm-hmm. and that that's led to, I guess, bad results. People don't get any help. People steal stuff, uh, whatever. They're going away from that. They're hiring more people. Other places like Target are doing the same. Uh, and they said because we have to hire people anyway to help people with the self-checkout. Correct. We're hiring people anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to hire people to do Look, if the you're going to sit here and tell me how to use this, then just check me out. Yeah. Right? Uh, Dollar General is the one that they charge a lot of different prices. Yeah, it's there generally be, a dollar. Right. It's it's but they they can you know, they got $5 mm-hmm. tumblers and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just but, a convenience store. But the point. Dollar Tree used to be a dollar and for they, everything. They, they changed that. They did. That, yeah. It's a buck and a quarter. I mean, all of a sudden 25% higher. Remember, remember 5 below. That's still there. Yeah. Now they have a section in there. I learned it's 10 below. It's above. Five, it's f- above 5 above. 5 above. You're <laughs> kidding. It is, I'm serious. They sell things that are more expensive than 5 in a section. I, I remember. And they call it 5 above. Being at Chesterfield Mall one time, they used to have on the lower floor near the Pasta House Company. It's no longer there, either one of them. But I remember it was a dollar store. You know, it was everything's a dollar. That was the name of the store. Everything's a dollar. Yes. And I remember I was just wandering in there waiting for my table at, at Pasta House. And a guy went up to the register and asked how much something was. And the woman behind the register went, price check. And the, <laughs> and the two other employees that were in the store went, everything's a dollar. Just like that in unison. And it actually made me laugh. Was it a whole bit? It was a bit, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, but I'd never seen it before. <laughs> great. Yeah, it was, oh, it yeah, was pretty good. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, another big reason, another big change with the self-checkout, they said a lot of stores are going back to having uh, a limit on how many things you can have at the self-checkout. I think that's back ridiculous. Back to the 10-item limit, it which is be. great. It's great that we're back to the limit. You should It's ridiculous when people walk up a with whole 30, cart, a whole cart full of things. Full of it takes groceries. you an hour to, to check out. Well, if you're at the Everything's a Dollar Store, I mean, I've seen people ahead of me, you know, they're buying stuff for a kid's birthday party. And so, the, you know, they've got the every little kind of every trinket, thing every yeah, little every trinket deal dang, 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 dang. and it is it's a lot but I, I i'm thinking to myself i know they do it for inventory but why don't you just count up the damn basket i got 42 things here all right 42 dollars yeah you know right. i yeah. mean why <laughs> i know why they have to well this the, is happening at like target too sure, and other sure. grocery stores well they say they say they want to get back to customer service but connor definitely mentioned in there and i read this article too they are getting people stealing things and walking out. So don't tell me that you're bringing a, a strictly because you want to, well, we want to be known for our customer service. You also well, want to be known for not losing money walking out the front door. I don't think it's any harder to steal things from the cashier behind the thing. We always right? try and. You just walk out. If you yeah. want to steal it, you just. You just steal it. You just <laughs> you steal, steal it, it right? Yeah. You just walk out the door. Kim and I will buy a big cake at Sam's and try and cover a stereo with it so they don't look <laughs> under the big cake. When they were first bringing these in, like 10 years ago, there was yeah. all these stories of kids that would, like, uh, item look up, and they'd put, like, a TV on the thing, and they'd pay, like, for an orange. Yeah. Like, a, the weight, it's weight for an orange. Oh, no So way. they'd pay, like, 10 bucks for the TV. And they'd let them walk out, but then they obviously would get 
the police would get alerted that they just walked out with a TV. Well, we think that the price of food is going up, but the price of goods are going to be skyrocketing because, and it's happening mostly in, you know, the bigger cities, the New Yorks, the San Francisco's, L.A., where, you know, where these gangs are going in and just oh my terrorizing the customers, but just just wantonly stealing stuff. Overwhelming them with... With, with the people, the number of people in the store. Yeah. Just, and they go in with... They don't seem to be in too much of a rush, and they just pack a bunch of stuff in the bag. They don't seem like they're doing anything wrong. Like, you know, you right. rush in... You smash and grab and run yeah. out. These people are coming in, taking stuff off the walls sure. and nonchalantly walking out because they know that they're not going to get chased or caught. Right. I was uh, in Baltimore, and I remember I went into a, a Walgreens, and the deodorant was locked up. Now, come on. Oh, I, Seriously. I just saw a, a picture. They're doing this in uh, Targets and everything now, like the Old Spice body wash locked up. Oh, yeah. Really, uh, it's going to become, once again, like the automat. Those of you who remember the days oh when you gosh. could go into this little, you know, hole in the wall uh, on, a, on a road, and it would be just like all these glass windows with food in there. You Did know, you see the documentary about the automat? No. Uh, I think Mel Brooks produced it. He's definitely in it. Uh and he probably loved it because he grew up in New York. Yeah, and then that was it's a like memory for him. You want a piece him. of chocolate cake? Yeah, you put a quarter in. Quarter in. Yep. Turn the, turn thing the deal. And pull then, it out. Yeah. Yep. Cake. Yeah, but I think maybe that's. I mean, what, that couldn't have been fresh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at some of this stuff, they had the, whole kitchens behind I there. Mean, you know, and the, some of this stuff is must have. <laughs> you know, you order in the egg salad, yeah. uh, hey, musty. Hey, when you're a kid and your dad gives you a quarter, help yourself to anything you want. You know, I'm thinking my dad's a big spender. Um, you know, it was kind of fun doing that. But the fact of the matter is, is it was behind glass and you couldn't get to it till you paid for it first. So uh, we're probably moving that way. And this loss, uh, you know, the loss prevention in stores, if you catch these guys, it doesn't seem like anybody goes to prison for it. You know, I mean, this isn't, no. a, a, you know, nobody's hurt during these crimes typically and we've had activist da's mm -hmm. in downtown st louis mm -hmm. at, at one point who openly said we're not going to prosecute these yeah. crimes well when you hear that then you know i mean you don't have to be okay. a brain surgeon yeah. to figure out open, okay it's open season open season um all right i wanted to bring this story up before we go to traffic because guy i know how you sleep and not because i've ever been there but you told me <laughs> New survey of 2,000 Americans asked, what do you wear to bed? And some of the things they found out. A grin. <laughs> were somewhat interesting. People who sleep in the buff, yes. in the nude, which is, what? do you still sleep that way? I've, my whole life. Your whole life? Whole life. And I know. Eight years old, nine yep, years old. Yep. Well, really? you know, I don't know. Maybe I had. You know, animals. What'd you on? do yeah. for a pajama day at school there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It he, was he told you, Connor. <laughs> a grin. It was it, a grid. They that that was the one day of the year I got off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't go, go to school. That's what I meant. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. It's family hour. I know it. Uh, people who sleep in the buff tend to be, uh, as far as zodiac signs, cancers. No, it's not you. Tend to watch horror movies. No. Tend to be night owls. Yes. Tend to get more nightmares. No. And they say they're more likely to be extroverted. Yes. 
I mean, in my case, yeah. They fall asleep to TV or podcasts? Yes. And they consider themselves very confident? I don't know. Do you consider yourself to be confident? Sort of. Are if, you? If it's okay with you. Are you extroverted? Yes. Yeah. Like, you'll go up to anybody. Sure. And just start talking. Yep. I can't I got a gun. I usually really. start off with that. <laughs> hey, talk to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't tell if I'm an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. I I'd just, say an introverted extrovert. Like Carney. Because if you get to know you, yeah. you're, you go. But exactly. you're, you're very difficult to get to know. Uh, and Carney is like an extroverted extrovert. Yes. So uh, people who sleep in pajamas are more likely to enjoy drama or mysteries, be early birds, have Capricorn as their zodiac sign, and they get less nightmares. 30% of people believe that what they wear to bed impacts their quality of sleep. And here's a bell ringer. Only 24% of respondents said that they got good sleep. Terrible? Yeah, that is bad. And here's, you know, the one thing, pajamas to me, or T-shirts or whatever, I'm, I roll a lot, I guess. You know, you I get, get all twisted off. Yeah. yeah, it's like, come on. I feel Guy like one wakes of those... up, the pants are on his head. <laughs> yeah. The... The shirt's on his feet. I'm like one of those bread ties, you know? <laughs> ah. Oh, I halfway through and, and someone had decided to go the, go the other way. way. Yeah. Who put this bread tie on? I always tell my wife, I said, look, just tuck the damn plastic under. It's tighter than that. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. Why use the bread twist? My wife got, uh, bought a bunch of chip clips yeah. from the grocery store the other right. day. I go, honey. Just fold it over. Exactly. And then push it up against the wall. And if you want to, fold it over, then clip it. Oh, don't, yeah. don't clip it at the top right and let the top. all the air. Yeah. You ever do the, the triangle? I call it the envelope. You know, you no, but that's a good idea, fold it yeah, actually. Yep. Yeah. Brandon Weesey, sports director <laughs> here at KTRS. Hello, guy. How you doing, B? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Uh, I love seeing you, and I love being in your little pool, the golf thing. We're back into that fantasy golf. We're back, baby. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I you really enjoy it. You are a former champion of the league. I am, yes. I think I won $300. And, uh, it, it's, a, it's, it's grown a little bit since, yeah. so um, it's... I'm very disappointed about that. That I didn't win more. <laughs> but I uh, I did contact the IRS. I told them you're doing a little pool. I hope <laughs> everything works out for you. Thank you for that. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I, I want to, before we talk about, uh, and the Cardinals are top of mind because of what's happening with viewership. Uh, I've got my own feelings on that. <laughs> I won't let those come out. But the Cardinals have signed um, 11 international free agents and one of them is a 16-year-old girl who can throw a, a, a ball ninety, low 90s. What? Have you heard about this? Well, it's, I mean, these international free agents tend to... Was it a girl or did I read that wrong? I, I did not see that it was a, a girl, I, but very well could be. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. I got to go back and look at that. You know, sometimes oh, I, you know what? are boys. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you something? It's not a girl. Okay. It's a 16-year-old with a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Okay, never mind. It's and, not so important. But the, the fact does remain those international free agents do take quite a while to develop. develop. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about guys that the Cardinals sign, and, and maybe a reason why the news of those signings aren't making big waves is because unlike their draft picks where you're maybe even drafting a kid out of high school or college, they might be able to turn turn those kids around to the majors in a couple of years. Those international free agents where, yeah, they do trend a little bit younger, sometimes as young as like 14 or 15 years old, 
those are are long term projects that uh, take you know several years inside the organization for for those to even pay off, and many times they don't pay off. You know what uh, amazes me is colleges recruiting kids who are eleven and twelve years old playing soccer or baseball or. You know, they get them to sign now. I, I had a friend, to follow him on Facebook, went to college with him. He, he went to Denmark, and his nine-year-old was playing international soccer teams. That had to hurt those wooden shoes. <laughs> so it, it it's crazy, yeah. you well, know? The recruiting and, and development of young soccer players, there's probably more of that than in any other sport where you're trending like super young to where maybe sometimes they aren't even in high school yet. And you can project that skill further along to the pros than you can. I mean, if you see a a young running back at the age of 12 or 13, maybe they're dominating the kids at their level, but you can't project whether or not that kid is going to play at big-time college or big-time NFL. But with soccer, it, it does seem like there is a path to be able to point to there's a 13 a 12 or 13 year old kid let's fast track them in our academy and maybe in three or four years 16 or 17 years old these kids are playing in the mls they're playing in in major european soccer kid from uh just down the street here at Pattonville. Miggy Perez, absolutely, yeah. he did it. But he, I mean, I, I mean, he was when, when he debuted, he was almost eighteen. I mean, we're talking about kids that are that are finding their way into high levels of soccer far, far younger than that. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 wild. All right, uh, Cardinals. Uh, message to the Cardinals from fans. Uh, my wife's probably a bigger fan than I am, uh, but you know, I've loved baseball my whole life. You're a member of the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. I am in the like Hall to, of Fame. I always like to remind you that. I don't want to brag. He's not a member. He's in there. I'm in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Josh, what more do you need? There's a picture of who batting. <laughs> I, I am. Guy happened to be sitting in the seats right behind him. Uh, listen, I have started signing all my autographs, <laughs> HOF. <laughs> you know. Uh, and so, but, but, all right. So, note to Cardinals. You're. Your fan here, or fans as it stands, our family, is waning. It It's too hard for us to figure out where we can see our favorite team. I just want to watch the game. We we It used to be so easy when it was Fox Sports Midwest. Now, I understand the financial world and how uh, everybody's got to get their hand in the pie and everything. But let's talk about not cutting out. Your fan and the, especially the younger kids, baseball is by and large in in many large cities as a sport. It's it's just kind of dying slowly, and the only way that you can attract more people is to make it more accessible to younger people. You're you're spot on, and here's some good news: the Cardinals under. Here's the thing: they understand that what you're talking about is a big problem. They understand it. Unfortunately, from just a Cardinals perspective, they don't have the power to say, well, for just our games, here's where you can find them. Here's how you're going to do it. Here's all the ways to do it. And if you live in Iowa or Illinois or Missouri or St. Louis or whatever, if you want to stream the games, you can do it, and you're not worried about the games being blacked out. Unfortunately, they do not have that power. But they are aware it's a big issue, and it is helping 
to suppress the fan development at a young age. If you can't watch the product, if it's difficult for you to consume the product you're trying to put out there as the Cardinals baseball team, then yes, the uh, the growth of your fan base could be stunted over the last several years because it is difficult to watch these games. I don't understand why I would I would jump from Charter to Dish to AT&T to UVerse. Every time they wanted to charge more, I jumped to somewhere else. But they all had Fox Sports Midwest. But, uh, now that YouTube TV, that's what you have, Guy. Yes. Hulu, that's what I have. These are just as much cable providers as the cable people were. How come Bally's never made a deal? But, but, but it's also so fragmented. I mean, Bally's has the rights to certain games, and then sometimes it'll be on Prime. Sometimes it'll be on the Apple TV. On, on Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, what did we watch the other night that was ridiculous? I mean, the uh, the, oh, Billig- the Chiefs game. Oh, the Chiefs game was on, on Peacock. Yeah. And so they're selling it out. They're selling us out so that they can, you know, their revenue streams are are allegedly going to increase. And I get that. I do get that. But it's got to be easier for us to access our team, especially the Cardinals, and especially the, the the kind of relationship that the Cardinals have had with their fans here in the Midwest. Yeah, and I guess if, if there's a bright side, it can be when we were growing up, every game wasn't available on TV, it right? It wasn't, no. Uh, especially if they were at home, you certainly weren't able to watch the games. Um, if they were on the road, there'd be a select few. Channel 5 Channel would, 5 have, would mm-hmm. have them. Channel 11. Yeah. Eventually, they'd get partnered up with a, with a cable provider. Those seem like the Stone Age to where, what, you only televise like 60 of your 162 games? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All 162 were televised, but you're right. I mean, we've come to expect if we want to watch our favorite team, we want to be able to do it with as less stress and hassle as possible. And there was a little sweet spot here within the last five to seven years where it was somewhat easy. It's not that way anymore. So many different outlets have... Uh, agreements to televise certain games. Talk about Apple TV Plus gets some Cardinal games. Is that an MLB thing? That's I mean, an, and that's an MLB thing, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't have Apple TV Plus, then maybe you can't watch the you game. You miss Albert Pujols. Right, 700. That, his 700th home run came on Apple a couple of a couple of years back. But from the the deal that was announced today, where Amazon and, and Jeff Bezos, they are infusing Bally Sports and, and more precisely the Diamond Sports, which owns all of the Bally's networks. They have put money into this thing to where Amazon can eventually become the exclusive streaming provider of all of these outlets. Okay, l- l- let me interrupt one second, yeah. uh, Brendan. So step back for for anyone that isn't um, up to speed on how it happened. Bally's jumped in and paid far too much for the rights to do broadcasts in all these markets. Several years ago, yes. Several years ago. And they're going broke with it because they overpaid for it. Is that correct? They they probably did. And, and they bought it from... Was it Disney that owned it? And then so the, the I, so yeah. Sinclair and, mm-hmm. and Diamond, they jumped in and bought all of these regional sports networks. So when you're saying that Bezos and, and, and Amazon, uh, his company, is going to take over, 
are they are they keeping the name Bally's alive or are they going to change it to Prime Sports or whatever yeah, they want to call it? Card, fun, yeah. Which would be funny since the Cardinals used to be on Prime Sports uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> Their original oh, cable yeah, provider right. was called Prime Sports. <laughs> That's funny. But as of right now, so again, what they would essentially – what they're purchasing it would only be the streaming rights. So everything we know of Bally's on DirecTV or Spectrum Cable or YouTube TV, all of that, in theory, remains the same. And it definitely remains the same for the Cardinals because what Amazon did today was buy the streaming rights, the streaming rights that Bally's and, and, and Diamond Sports, the ones they own. They don't own the Cardinal streaming rights. The Cardinals own those streaming rights. So, so they could open their own. Right. In theory, everything for the Cardinals this season remains status quo. Now, you could view that as a good thing or a bad thing, depending yeah. on what provider you have. But for 2024, everything you did last year to watch the Cardinals remains the same. That could radically change soon. There was talk this weekend that the Cardinals could look at Again, developing their own network as early as next year. But what today does, it keeps Bally's and Diamond in the game because they had filed for bankruptcy and this thing was quickly, uh, you know, careening off a cliff. But as of right now, they're in the game. So from that perspective, again, whether you view it as good or bad, it's status quo for the Cardinals and for the Blues, for that matter, um, in terms of watching the games uh, on a daily basis on Bally Sports. Brendan Weesey, thanks. For being, I, I have a, a gazillion other questions, but we'll hold them for another time. I just, I think it's the fleecing of America. Uh, and the reason I say that is because isn't it funny, you get uh, YouTube or you get Hulu or whatever and, and you're all set, you got the Cardinals, and all of a sudden the Cardinals aren't on anymore because they're renegotiating uh, right. the deal they yeah. have with them right in the middle of the season or whatever it is. It's absolutely, I mean, it's like Antitrust laws are being violated. Something's happening, but it's it it doesn't benefit us, but it benefits other people in other places, and I it irritates me. Thanks for being on the show, Guy Josh. Great to see you. Uh, let's do some randoms before we get out of here. Guy Phillips yeah. sitting in for Heidi for the next couple of days. There are about one point one three billion websites on the internet right now, but only two hundred million are actually active. And 90% of the people in the world live in the Northern Hemisphere. I'm glad I'm one of them. It's us and China and India Mm -hmm. and Europe. And those people down south, well, forget them. All right, Dan. Oh, not those people. No, not those. (laughs) (laughs) All right, see you tomorrow. Have a good night. Whatever gets you through the night.